Jones. Well, this next story could be a screenplay. The June edition of McLean's magazine is out today, and it features a lengthy and really captivating story called A Soldier's Story. It's about a young Canadian soccer player born in Ukraine, raised in Winnipeg. He wound up back in Ukraine chasing his dream of playing pro soccer, continuing to play pro soccer, when he suddenly found himself on the front lines of a war. Svetik Artemenko was born in Ukraine, as I mentioned, uh, but raised in Winnipeg. Uh, he already was an accomplished soccer goalie, but he was invited to play for a Ukrainian club, and he happened to be there on February 24th, when the Russian invasion suddenly turned his life, the country, and his dreams entirely upside down. Uh, well, he's back in Canada these days, back playing soccer for Guelph United FC, but much happened, so much happened over those months in between. And here to share that story now is Svetik Artemenko. Thank you so much for your time tonight. Thank you for having me. Um, you were... Um, you were raised in Winnipeg, I know, but Ukraine's always been a big, big part of your life. How so? Well, I I was born there, and uh, I was there until I was two years old. So, um, and then we moved to Winnipeg, and I still have all my family back in in Ukraine. So that's why I have a very like deep connection and very like I, I consider myself Ukrainian because of that reason. You used to go back as well, right? You used to go back with your parents every year. Yeah, yeah. I used to go back there a lot. So, I mean, soccer's always been a big love of yours, I know. And that's, I gather, what, what got you, sent you back to Ukraine recently. What was, what was that experience like? And what, what exactly uh, led you to return uh, earlier this year? Okay, so um, I was playing here in Guelph last season. And uh, I, you could say I had a pretty successful season. And from there on, I was seen by a club in Ukraine. And uh uh, I was asked to come over there for a trial, so that's how I ended up in Ukraine. And um, I mean, all of a sudden, I, I guess you you hadn't thought. I mean, people were talking a bit about the possibility of a Russian invasion, but I don't think that was on anyone really on any top of mind for people either. You or when you got there, right? Yeah, uh, like there there were there was word about that happening, but when I was in Ukraine, uh, I wasn't really watching the news or the TV because we were having two practices a day and, uh, I was, I was there focusing on soccer. So when, uh, when that invasion happened, it, it kind of caught me off guard because I wasn't up to, up to date with all the news and what was going on. Tell, tell me about the morning of, because I know it started around 5 AM, uh, in Ukraine. Uh, how did you come to realize that everything had changed? So I first woke up to an explosion uh, not too far away from where I was staying and um, I, I, that woke us all up. And then I looked at my phone. I saw like 10 missed calls from my mom and my dad. Um, so I was a bit confused as to what was going on. And then I gave my parents a call and they told me that the war started. So um, that, that's how I came. To, like That's how I realized that the war started. That must have been a tough phone call. Your parents must have been worried for you. Yeah, they they asked me, "Are you okay? Like, if if anything's wrong and like where I was?" But the the explosion was like not too too close to where I was, so everything was fine. And then I I, I guess all around you, everybody is making decisions about what they have to do, where they go next. Do they stay? Do they fight? Um, what was that like for you? So. The moment, the moment that happened, I, I, I knew right away what I wanted to do. Um, 
I had one thought in my in my head and I stuck to it. Uh, was I wanted to join the front lines to help out Ukraine and my parents didn't really try to convince me otherwise because they knew it would be kind of pointless and uh, and they were proud of me staying back there. And you do have military training, right? I mean, you spent some time uh, as a reservist in Canada as well. Yes, yes, I did. So that that I mean that must have helped as well when you thought about what might lie ahead. That you at least had some knowledge of what of what of what this might be like. Yeah, it it did help out a little bit. Obviously, when you're in training, it's not the same thing as real life war. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I like it, it did come in handy quite a bit. So I gather you then go off to try to enlist, essentially, and then all of a sudden you're. I mean, I, and I know this to be true, but you're you're told that you're actually you're Canadian, so you can't uh, just enlist. There there has to be there. There's going to be another way for you. How did that How did that unfold? Yeah. So uh, the day of the beginning of the war, I went to the military office, if you will, and uh, where people were enlisting, and I waited for about three hours in line. And um, then just to come there and be told that um, I'm a Canadian citizen, so I cannot join the, the the Ukrainian armed forces just yet. But they told me that uh, soon they'll be accepting um, like international soldiers. So um, I wasn't really in a pa- like panic mode. I wasn't really upset. I I just waited it out, and a uh, couple of days I got a phone call back saying that. Um, I'm I'm ready to be enlisted. So at this point, you leave Odessa, right, and you uh, and you head off to Lviv, where the other four foreign fighters, quote unquote, are. Uh, what was that? What was that like when you first arrived? What were your impressions when you got to the uh, to the to the foreign foreign legions, so to speak, uh, training area? So it all started off. I was in this city called Khmelnytsky, which was in Western Ukraine. And then from there, I got redirected to Odessa. Mm-hmm. Um, I also had family in Odessa. So while I was there, while I was waiting to get sent to Lviv, I was uh, uh, doing like street patrols uh, around Odessa. Mm-hmm. And then um, when I got sent out to Lviv, it was it was really a good feeling to see that everyone around the world cared because there was pretty much every nationality around the world. So it did, it it was a good like feeling and it was good to see that people care around the world. Now, but with a military background, as you had, you did notice that, that it was, it was, it was not perfect that a lot of people had shown up from all over the place with different backgrounds, different experiences, different reasons for being there. Uh, So I, I know from reading the article that there were, you had some concerns just about, uh, you know how serious it was how serious it was and just how well trained people were going to be yeah um so when i was there i realized that not everyone that was there had military experience or like some people that like have never even held a weapon in their hands before so that was a bit concerning to me um just for their own safety and then for like my own safety because if we were to go on the front lines and uh, somebody doesn't know what to do and especially with bullets flying above your head you you like lose concentration so uh yeah it was it was a bit concerning but um i understand that their heart was in the right place but it, it, i i just think that they they could have used that in a like in a little bit of a different help right tell me about about march the 13th uh you're at this training base um 
uh, the Yavoriv training base in, in near Lviv. Um, and, and it's, and it's, it's, it's struck, it's attacked and you're there. What happened? How, how, how was that? So, yeah, what happened was uh, at 5 a.m. We all woke up to our windows getting knocked in. Um, it, it looked like, a, like it, was, it was still dark outside, but because of the explosion, everything was like, bright inside. It, it felt like we were midday. And um, uh, we, we just got lucky in our barrack because the first missile attack was on the barrack where I was, but it missed our barrack by 10 meters about uh, like more or less so um that's when we all realized that like we're not behind the tv that it's actually happening just outside i'm speaking with svetek artmenko a canadian from winnipeg who uh, was in ukraine when the war began when the invasion began uh playing soccer for a first division uh ukrainian side uh and then found himself on the front lines of a war he went to a uh, fight with uh with the foreign trained forces uh, in Lviv. We're talking about uh, a missile attack, a Russian missile attack on that training facility that happened in uh, in the first few weeks or around March 13th. Uh, when we come back a bit more about that and also just um, what else uh, uh, Svetek saw and his decision to come home as well. That's next. I was speaking with Svetek Artemenko. He's a Canadian, born, uh, raised in Winnipeg, born in Ukraine, uh, found himself, plays professional soccer, found himself in Ukraine uh, on February 24th when the Russian invasion began, uh, playing for a Ukrainian soccer team uh, as a goalkeeper, and then found himself um, and then decided that he was going to stay and fight. Uh, ended up in uh, the Yevariv training base, which was uh, is near Lviv or in Lviv, um, training with other foreign forces because he's considered Canadian uh, by the Ukrainian military. Uh, that base was hit by Russian missiles. Uh, and it was a horrific, uh, looked horrific, at least from the images. Uh, you were there. What was the aftermath like? It must have been, it, I mean, it must have just been uh, horrific to be there. Yeah, so uh, right after the missile attack, there were uh, quite a bit of people that wanted to to leave uh, because obviously they don't have the experience and uh, I, like they... they they realized that this is real, that this is that they're not watching this behind a TV. So, mm-hmm. but I completely understand that, and mm-hmm. I would rather have them leave there than on the front lines because if it was on the front lines and you're counting on somebody to cover your back, and then you turn around and nobody's there, it, it would be quite a problem. So, obviously, it's horrible what happened, but I would rather have that happen there than at the front lines. What about for you? I mean, you'd never seen anything like this before. I wouldn't imagine sort of the, the devastation of war up that close. Uh, no, I haven't. But again, I walked in. Um, I, I went to, to, to enlist knowing that this is a possibility and the possibility of not coming out alive. So um, I, I always knew that in the back of my head. How much destruction was there to that area? So our training facility was pretty much completely destroyed. The only thing that pretty much was standing was our my barrack, the one that I was sleeping in, because the missile missed it by a couple of meters. So after this, you decide still that you're going to continue on, right? And you wind up back, I gather, in Odessa. What was that like? Yeah, so... I decided to stay because, again, I I knew that this was a, a big like 
that was bound to happen sooner or later. So um, I ended up in Odessa after with, uh, with a battalion there. And we were working on operations going out into the southern Ukraine. And I gather you ended up behind enemy lines. Part of what you had to do was go behind enemy lines to try to make it more difficult to retreat. Uh, but you also saw some stuff that that I, I don't imagine you'll ever forget. I mean, you know, just the brutality of war. Yeah, um, I don't want to go into like deep specifics about no, that. No worries. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the it's it, it hurt me to see what what one human can do to another. Um, we, we Ukrainians, we, we're just trying to live in peace and it's, it's really unfortunate that we have a neighbor like, like the Russian Federation. Did you feel uh, during your time doing this work that you were making a difference? Uh, I, yes, I feel really like, I feel proud of myself because I did put in, uh, like my effort into helping my country and uh, helping push back the Russian forces out of Ukraine. So yeah, I, I really do feel proud that I was there and put my, my efforts into it. What prompted your decision? I mean, how did it work when you decided to yourself that you soccer had brought you there um, and dreams of a prof- professional career had brought you there and that it was time to go? What, what, what was that decision? What did you base that decision on? I'm sorry, like going back to yeah, Canada. returning to Canada, deciding okay, I, I'm I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back home now. Yeah. So, um, we like after you see this uh, like on a constant basis, like every day, um, it, it does get overwhelming. So that's why soldiers um, go on tours, right? They go mm-hmm. to the front lines, they go to the war zone, and then they're there for a couple months, and then they come back so that they could relieve the stress they can um they can uh just relax a little bit so i think that was necessary because it was getting to a point where it was a bit overwhelming for me yeah you i think at one point you mentioned that that you'd started to not be affected by things that you thought you should be affected by yeah yeah that's that that is one of the aftermaths of uh, when you start getting overwhelmed because uh Obviously, things you see at a war is not normal, but if you're in it every day and you see it every day, it just becomes another normal or normality. Was it a tough decision? Uh, yes, it was really tough because I, I still do feel guilty of leaving the people uh, that are suffering there. And then I'm just in a safe environment and I like not having to worry for my life every day. So I do feel guilty about that. So that is why I am... I'm planning on going back in sometime in the future. In the meantime, uh, I gather that you've got had a really warm reception coming home. It must be nice in that sense to be so warmly welcomed back by your family, by your teammates, everyone around you. Yeah, it was a good feeling. Um, I when I came back, I had uh, I, I had a few players pick me up from the airport, um, drove me home. They stayed with me. Um, when I came on for the first game, I remember all the players were applauding and stuff like that. So it was it was a really good and warm welcome back. And and Svetek, how how do you feel? I mean, it, it's tough to go from being in a war to going back to playing soccer to, to having sort of the way that your life used to be. It must be a difficult transition. 
Yeah, it was, uh, especially the first couple of days, I, I couldn't sleep, uh, really. Um, some simple stuff like when the airplanes were flying above uh, above us here. Um, as you know, in Ukraine, this, like there's no airplanes that fly above Ukraine. Right. Uh, so if, if you hear a plane, that means it, there might be trouble soon. Um, we have a martial law, which is curfew. So you don't hear any cars, no any people outside past a certain time. So that was really different for me. But um, I think I, I settled in pretty good now. And I'm, I, I returned back uh, to, what, to what I was like before. And no regrets about having stayed. Stayed in Ukraine? Yeah. Absolutely no regrets. Svetek Artemeko, thank you so much for your time. Welcome home. Uh, and good luck, with, uh, good luck with the season and good luck with your future decisions about whether you return to Ukraine. All right. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. And you can read more about Svetek's story in the June edition of McLean's. It's on newsstands today. Look for Tennis Phenom Felix Auger Aliasim on the cover. Uh, you can always visit McLean's.ca for the daily updates you need to know. And of course, a soldier's story.